the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Someone has well said Christianity should feel like my chains fell off, not I better not screw up. We'll talk about your freedom from slavery next on Truth For Today. Hi there, and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Slavery to sin has ended for the rescued. It's part of our series called Rescued, Past, Present, and Future. Today, Pastor Phil Howard will take us to Romans chapter 6. Slavery to sin has ended for the rescued, what that looks like, and how it has worked out practically in our lives will be the subject of our time today and next week. So join us for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Here's Pastor Phil. We're going to be looking at Romans uh, 6. We're really going to be verse 15 through 7, 6. And we're talking about slavery to sin has ended for the rescued. Slavery to sin. It's almost as though Christians need to be saved twice. We keep talking about my sins have been paid for. My sins have been paid for. And we look back to the cross. We look back to the resurrection of Christ. And what a glorious truth that is. My sins can and have been paid for. Amen? But, here's the issue. My sins have been covered. But I don't know that I've got any freedom from indwelling sin. I'm still a sinner. I'm justified even while I was ungodly. So he didn't make me brand new in my uh, character. That was a free gift right from the get-go. Then God begins to change you and make you into the image of his son and we start the Christian life journey. And so... We want to look at three things by the way of review, the principles he's laid down. And then we're going to look at two illustrations or two analogies he uses to illustrate the present Christian life. The analogy of slavery and the analogy of marriage, death, and remarriage. And we want to look at this. Let me just by way of review... uh, Let's see what verses 1 through 10 say. There's not one command to do anything in verses 1 through 10. They're they're all matter of fact. Uh, Did you know? Are we to continue in sin now that we've been justified by faith through Christ alone? So it doesn't matter how I live. And Paul anticipates the question. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning? So that grace may increase by no means. And this is the reason why. We died to sin. 
How can we live in it any longer? And you're thinking, boy, I'm sure struggling with a lot of it. Uh, or don't you know, and they didn't, and most of you don't know. When he asked a question of the Bible, I don't want you to be ignorant. Guess what? They're ignorant. When he asked you, don't you know? Guess what? Most people don't know. So let me let you in on something that you never knew before unless you've read Romans over and over and got it in you. Now listen to what he says. Or don't you know? No, I haven't, Paul, but go ahead. That all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And this is the emphasis. The emphasis is not we're going to go to the cross. Now we're going to go to a resurrected Christ. You've been saved to live out the resurrected life of Christ. The cross paid for my sins. Paid for my sins. How am I now then to live? I am to live as though I'm in the third heaven in Christ. Colossians said, set your way of thinking on things above where your life is in Christ. So we're called to live a heavenly life in a hellish world. Now watch verse 5. Watch this. Since we've been united, we're in union with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Now, I don't believe he's talking about your physical future resurrection. I think he's talking about your resurrected life with Christ right now. Right now. Physical resurrection's coming. But guess what? I've been called to a new life that is up there. My life is up there. That's what he means. For we know that our old self, the old man was crucified with him so that the body of sin, the instrument of sin, might be rendered powerless. Whoa. Wait. My body will now be rendered powerless, maybe unavailable, uh, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because God pulls you out of the socket to sin. It, the power source of sin is ended for the believer. It's there. Sin remains in you, but it will not, it must not reign over you. And he uses a word for kingdom, basalia, and he uses a word for Lord two times. It will not boss you. It will not rule you. You are not under the kingdom authority of sin. Why? The cross broke that power and the resurrection of Christ guarantees if God can raise his son, he can defeat indwelling sin. Well, this would be great if it's true. Is it true? We should no longer be slaves to sin. All you need to do is pastor for so many years or just be around Christians. Defeated, discouraged. Uh, sometimes the Christian life seems like the most miserable thing they've ever discovered. It's why it's so hard to evangelize. When you're miserable being a Christian, it's hard to evangelize. 
You need what's making me miserable. The one guy was doing this at a rescue mission in Houston. And he kept trying to invite, come in here, come in here, Jesus saves. And these two guys sarcastically said, will we get what you've got? Yeah. Said, no thanks, man. We got enough problems. We're going to get drunk. Because his face didn't advertise he was really happy to be saved. How about you? How about me? And he says, just as a matter of fact, if you've died, you've been freed from sin. Free from sin. Free from sin. Now, since we died, we believe we also will live with him. Okay. Now, what do you want me to do about all this? He finally moves to some imperatives. This is what I wanted you to do in response. Number one, I want you to count on it, that I'm not lying to you. Just count on it. Reckon on it was the old King James word. Reckon on this. Live your life. Uh, God, if you say it, I believe it. I'm going to live like that. I'm going to live like what you said is a fact. You made it happen at the cross. You made it happen at the empty tomb. If you said it, I think I could believe you. Can you believe that is your history in Christ? That's what he said. He said, well, I don't know if that's true. Well, it is true. But it won't become experientially yours until you reckon on it. You've got to, you've got to count on it. You've got to count on it. I reckon I am really, I'm dead, I'm dead to sin. But notice, you're not totally dead. He doesn't want a corpse. Watch. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here it is. I'm dead here. I'm alive here. Well, which are you? I'm both. Dead and alive. You know what I, I think it's like? It's a lot like selective hearing. Do you know what I just said? Every husband has selective hearing. The game's on, and she's yelled out three different things for you to do. I didn't hear you. Oh, yes, yes, you did. You were paying no attention to her. You know, and she said, you need a hearing aid. She said, no, no, I need the Warriors to win. And your kids are the same way. Did you hear me? I said, clean that bed. I didn't know, Mom, that you said that. Well, you, you know everything else. You know every other voice. When you gonna, that's called select. I'm dead to doing what you're telling me to, but I'm alive to having fun, doing whatever. So he says, I want you to start acting alive to God the Father. Are you living your life alive? Then he goes, verses 12 and 13, and he says, I want you to stop putting your body at the disposal of sin and start putting your body at the disposal of God. Now, when he says that, that's so clear, he said, you know what? By the way, I want to let you in on something. And this had to be hard, hard on the Jewish audience. By the way, in this new life, the law has no jurisdiction. You will be governed by grace principles. Let's see. Uh, for sin shall not be your master. Why? 
Not only have you died with Christ, because you are not under law, but under grace. Hmm, what is that? Look at verse 15. He picks up the argument. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Now, get the distinction here between law and grace. Daniel Webster used to say, if I tell you to do something and there's no penalty for disobedience, I just gave you advice. I didn't give you a law. Because law always brings penalty. To be under law before God is you will be penalized if you break it. Under grace, God says, this is not a system of penalty. I won't change you with penalty. Penalty has already been covered for you at the cross. 8.1, I didn't save you to condemn you. I did not save you to put you under condemnation. So get that in your head, church people, religious people, religious Jews. Cut it out. No rules in the Christian life by which you get penalized. No divine penalty. He, you're in a household, there might be discipline, but it's nothing like judgment. Since you don't get it, and this is what he's going to say, he's going to give us two illustrations. Verse 19, he tells you why he uses the illustration of slavery. Watch this. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your understanding. In essence, you don't comprehend what I'm saying. So let me use a weak illustration. Let's use slavery. Okay? And so he sets it up this way. Here's sin as a master. Here is Jesus Christ as master. And he says, you are the slave to whoever you put yourself at their disposal. And if over here you say, I'm at your disposal to carry out any of your desires, any of the works of the flesh, you can count on me. I am available. He's going to tell him, said, let me tell you what happened when you did that. And we all did it before we were believers. But now, the same way your body was available for sin, I want it to be available to Christ. Is that asking too much? Okay, watch. Watch what he's going to say. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. Whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form, the type of teaching to which you were entrusted. We gave you a gospel that not only deals with your sins, but tells you there's power in the new life to deal with indwelling sin. That you no longer have to be run, run by it, dictated by it. It's, uh, it's like you never had a will in the old life. You were just mastered by sin. You were like the... Uh, uh, it's like... The great illustration, 
Do you have free will? Yeah, you got a free will if you call it free. But, but see, you got a nature. You, you sin because you like sin. Sin feels good when you're a sinner. But it's like this. As a lion, you kept eating meat. And as a sheep, you ought to be eating grass. And if we throw filet mignon out to sheep, they just don't eat it. Why don't they? They choose in keeping with their nature. They have no appetite for meat. Right? You're a quiet bunch. Say, you know, I, I set my clock too. You can wake up a little bit. Uh, the lion can starve to death with a bale of hay in front of it. See, you choose in keeping with your nature. I heard R.C. Sproul say one time, oh, it's not, we don't believe you don't have a will. You've got a will. You just don't want what God wants. Get over it, God. I just don't want what you want. Because I'm acting out of my sin nature. It's in my nature to choose those things, feel that way. But now that you're in Christ, you're freed. And, And he's given you a divine nature. He's regenerated you by his spirit. So he's saying, uh, just as you kept offering your body as an instrument of sin, why don't you start doing the same thing to God? I mean, uh, and, and what do we beg for all the time? You know, we beg for workers in the church. We need Sunday school teachers. We need this. We need that. And, and that, that's okay. But, you know, here's the thing that ought to be. Uh, the word present your body here, it's a Greek word that means put yourself at God's disposal. Put yourself at another's disposal. Let me ask you this. Is your body at God's disposal? That's why Romans 12, I beg you, present God to God your body. I I beg you, God wants a body to work through, and so does sin. But I saved you to get you out of the sin camp. All right, let's keep following the illustration. Uh, Verse 20. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to what? Impurity, ever-increasing wickedness. So now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness set-apartness for God. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin, you've been set free from sin, you've been set free from sin, He said it back to verse 7, you've been freed from sin. That is our gospel. Not just he forgave me my sins, forgave me my lying, forgave me my cheating, forgave all the stupid sins I did that were bringing death in all my relationships. Hey, now you're saved, stay miserable because there's no power to live it. It's a life of defeat. You can't overcome sin because, you know, that's the way God made me. No, no, he crucified the way you landed. He had to crucify his son to get you out of Adam. He had to crucify his son to get you free from the law. 
But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. And this, this isn't talking about eternal life in the future. It's the quality of life that is God's right now. Watch. For the wages of sin, of the sin principle, and always pays in death. Sin all you want, but get ready to pay. It always pays in ashes. It pays in death. That's, that's what kills us about watching our young people picked off by sin. Because sin always polishes its apples. It always looks good. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. If you will keep, put your body and your members at the disposal of this risen Christ, uh, you will experience eternal life as a way of life, divine life, not death. It'll be living relationships. It'll be joy. It'll be peace. It'll be the life of God will be experienced by you while you're on the earth. And so the Christian life, we used to sing a song uh, years ago. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. When I grew up, we learned so many songs. They were happy songs. We used to sing in this church, uh, John Peter says, Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Uh, wow, glory filled my soul. It's the best thing going better than any party you ever went to. And you look back at some of those parties and, Oh, we blasted our minds. You sure did. And you didn't have much to blast. <laughs> but, oh, we had a blast. What, what, what did you come home with? How many wounds? Oh, we always have a fight. Yeah, isn't it just wonderful? You come over here, it's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace and joy in God. Almost sounds boring, doesn't it? Until you've lived a life of hell and sin and bondage and brokenness and death. It's the greatest thing God ever offered us sinners. Life in Christ. Freedom. Freedom. Now, he's going to go into another illustration about this whole thing. We're not under law, but under grace. Now he goes and starts talking about marriage. Look at this. Marriage, widowhood, remarriage. Do you not know, brothers? For I'm speaking to men who know the law. So he's certainly got his Jewish audience in mind. That the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives. It, it, the, the corpse isn't bothered by the speed limit. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Going to the law of Moses, Torah. So then, if she marries another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law, and it's not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. Okay, what are we talking about here? Here's the illustration. He gives the illustration in verse 4 through 6. He's going to apply it to the Christian life. What's the picture? I'm married to a man. Good or bad. 
He may be a good man, a bad man. Most likely he's a bad man because he's likening him to the law. That, in a way, the law is good and righteous, but it made me miserable. It was a miserable marriage. Because the law always reminded me I didn't measure up. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864. 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.